They might be giants have been on the road for too long. Too long. And they might be giants aren't even sorry. Not even sorry. And audiences like the shows too much. Too much. And now they might be giants are playing their breakthrough album Flood. All of it. And they still have time for other songs. They're fooling around. Who can stop They Might Be Giants and their liberal rock agenda? Who? No one. This happens to pay for with somebody else's money. Thanks to Noom for supporting Muller, she wrote. Sticking to a weight loss plan can be hard, and Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash A-G. And thanks to the app called Neighbors by Ring for supporting Muller, she wrote. If you want to see what's going on in your neighborhood, text AGPOD to the number 555-888 to download the Neighbors app today. That's AGPOD to 555-888. And this episode of Muller, she wrote, is brought to you by Crest. The Crest 3D Whitening Kit removes over 10 years of tough set-in stains to give you noticeably whiter teeth, 100% guaranteed. For $20 off your first Crest Whitening Strip Kit, Go to CrestWhiteSmile.com and enter promo code AG at checkout. This is Sarah Kenzier from Gaslit Nation, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That's what he said. That's what I said. That's obviously what our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me, as always, are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you guys? How you doing? Good. I'm doing well. Good. You had some weird shows. Uh, yes. Yeah. Not weird because you, but weird because them. Yeah. Also, maybe <laughs> a little bit because me. Uh, <laughs> but it's part of your charm. Yeah. I had the post migraine brain on the Thursday show, so I was. I had a couple moments where I was just like blanking out. At one point, a dude all the way in the back of the room just waved because <laughs> so much time had passed that I was just like blankly staring out into the distance. <laughs> just waved at you, like yeah, hey. he just waved. I was like, he wasn't Did you just waving wave you at me, off, and right? he was like, just no. saying hello. Yeah, he was like. Just trying to help you out. We're here. Aww, yeah, it was like, one of those shows. It was really not sweet. It was not great. I've had It was those. only like 10 seconds, but that's a long ass time when you're standing. Yeah, <laughs> you'll remember it forever. Yeah, and I didn't have like an applause break, like bringing me into that silence either. Yeah, I was just kind of like, hmm. no slow clap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start a slow clap next I time. I will too. <laughs> I've had that. You're just like, Thinking about your next joke, and you're like, what should I put here? And, you know, after about five or ten seconds goes by, you're like, I should probably start talking yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. My, my sense of timing was just, like, just all wonky. You got any shows coming up? You guys, anything? Um, Not, like, stand-up stuff, just more podcast stuff. Got new new Rachel Maddow show coming out. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Tune in for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I don't really have any shows to plug, so. Yeah, you're all pooped out from the last one. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't have any shows coming up either, except we all have a show coming up live August 30th in yeah. San Francisco, and I have big news, you guys, uh, aside from Steph Miller, who's going to be there, uh, who is, we've been on her show, she's amazing, um, she's going to be a panelist, and she's going to be at the meet and greet uh, the night of the show. We also have a special guest interview, and I can finally announce this because he's confirmed, it's Adam Savage from Ooh. Mythbusters Ooh. is going to be there with us. So yeah. cool. Yeah, he's truly one of the coolest human beings ever, and then... September 13th, we'll be at the Triple Door in Seattle and November 7th in Boston. Tickets and info are available at MullerSheWrote.com. And we have added a second VIP meet and greet in San Francisco since our first meet and greet sold out so fast. Uh, and you can find a link to those tickets on our Twitter feed. It's my, it's my pinned tweet at MullerSheWrote. Um, just check it out. And uh, we'll be adding a second meet and greet in Seattle as well, I believe. Uh, we sold that one out. Our patrons will get presale on both of those. So check your Patreon messages and to become to become <laughs> to become <laughs> to become a patron of uh, both shows, Muller She Wrote and The Daily Beans. You just head to Patreon.com/slash Muller She Wrote. Sign up, you're automatically a patron for both shows with just one uh, monthly payment, so you don't have to subscribe to both shows. Well, you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts, but you don't have to, you know, Patreon your way into both shows. One does it for both, so that's yes. quite cool. Uh, and this week we're at a, we're going to add the Fantasy Indictment League to Patreon. So and we've been working on something like this for a while. So you don't have to play on Facebook because before you get you know you become a patron, you get into our closed Facebook group, which is a great community and it's it's a lot of fun. But a lot of people want to avoid Facebook. I uh, have no idea why. <laughs> um, but uh, so we're going to be putting the Fantasy Indictment League, and you can play on patreon itself that's a great compromise i like that yeah yeah so. more engagement on patreon we already get a lot of comments but that'll be a fun way to add to that yeah yeah so if you're a patron you can get onto the patreon and play the fantasy indictment league with us so that'll mm -hmm. be cool we have a subreddit a militia group on reddit but we're, we can't get in like, <laughs> we still don't really know how to access that. we need that blue check mark we really do and then we'll be verified yes um, on reddit uh, no, just in general. Just we'll, have, general. Okay. we'll have more sauce. I'm not a redditor. I, I don't. You're not. You don't no. do Reddit. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. It's like the Costco of the internet. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. got everything. The front page yeah. of the interwebs. Yes, yes. Free samples. Everything. Free samples. <laughs> everything and in bulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was there one time. I got an upvote on one of my joke memes. That's what's um, up. But like, not uh, not one, but like. So That's I was on the front of. page. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but that was a, a while ago. I think it was right. my Columbus Day joke. Like, mm. <laughs> what was it? We need to have a voting day. We should get rid of Columbus Day. How do you even celebrate Columbus Day? Like, it makes no sense. Would he walk to the wrong house and murder everybody there? Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. And uh, that Well deserved. That yes, did yes. well. <laughs> and then finally, I want to thank Joyce Vance for quoting us in her piece uh, for Time Magazine. Um, when we were talking about the trust that people have in the Department of Justice. The that's lack of trust. Waning, <laughs> yeah, considerably. And thanks to Brian Williams for quoting us on the 11th hour, quoting that article and quoting our tweet. So yeah. thanks a lot to that and the folks over at MSNBC. We love you. <laughs> uh, before we get to the news, it's time for my favorite segment, Corrections. It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. Oh, I made a mistake. All right, so during Monday's Daily Beans, I put Beans on Acosta resigning. He's the guy who did the Epstein sweetheart mm -hmm. plea deal, uh, but he already did in mm -hmm. July, and we covered it. I just forgot. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't know if he already assumed another position. That's what. <laughs> assumed, <laughs> like, the position. assumed the position. Assumed the position. He will be assuming uh, a 
a position soon. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, not in that way. Yeah, so somebody hit me up and they're like, did he take another job and you want him to resign from that one? And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, he already <laughs> resigned. <laughs> a lot of stuff to remember. It's not <laughs> it understandable. Slip it up. is. Yeah. If I were Mueller and I was testifying to Congress, I would need you guys there to yes. remind me. I was rewatching that Mueller testimony. Oh, he God. was so pissed. You can still yeah. see it in his eyes. Like, there's one moment where he threw up his hands. Like, what do you want from me? You know, yeah. like, that was before it even began. Like, like just a, the body language. Like Bernie moment. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He was just fed up. But I don't blame him. <laughs> no. They were assholes. <laughs> um, we have tons of emails on how to pronounce Ghislaine or Ghislaine. <laughs> Not Ghislaine. And they're, they're all different. Everyone's got their own opinion on how to pronounce it. We're just going to keep calling her Ghislaine. Yeah, just for us. Just a fun little community thing. Because I think it works better. Yeah, inside jokes. It fits. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also this week when we were talking about Trump's new rule that would allow government contractors to discriminate based on religious beliefs, like against LGBTQ plus people or people of different races, nationalities, creeds. Uh, gender identities. I used the example that if I owned a business that made toilet paper and we had a contract to sell it to the Department of Veterans Affairs and I was a member of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, I could refuse to hire pirates. But of course, Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is pro-pirate. So a more appropriate (laughs) discriminatory action would be to refuse to hire non-pirates. There you go. So I did know that. Thank you. It just came. It was just a top of the head thing. So they actually have a set of beliefs yeah, well, be, what they around pirates. Yeah, what they're saying is that the, the <laughs> dwindling number of pirates is directly connected to the the average temperature of the planet. Okay. So therefore, the, the 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 dwindling number of pirates is the reason for climate change. Okay. And they have a graph showing the pirate numbers going down yeah, the and pirate the decline and the temperature going up, and they're like, see, it's wow. totally real. Even pirates believe in global warming. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. Even they're like, the seas aren't safe anymore. <laughs> right. <All> right. <laughs> We'll be sailing the six seas before we know it. Aye. This all reminds me of the Pirates of the it Caribbean. Be it would be eight. I think it yeah. would go up. Yeah, who's that octopus guy in Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, Doc Ock. He oh, wait, looks wait, like sorry. a spaghetti <laughs> monster. Doc Ock. You were just up so confident. Pirates. So, Pirates, I think that's, so. the, that's the Spider-Man yes, guy, right? that is. But I didn't even know, so I, I didn't know you were wrong. Davy Jones. Davy Jones. Kraken Jones locker? locker. That's the guy. Monster. Yeah. Spaghetti monster guy. Foot fungus. Yes, yeah. you're totally right. Fungus that was picked up in Davy Jones locker. <laughs> there we go. Because he had, uh, you know, athlete's foot. Yeah. Now, is that I the real plot? I don't remember. No. Oh, I, 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 Davy Jones Locker is the bottom of the sea. That's where you put people uh, yeah. when yeah. you don't want them anymore. Yeah, right. but, uh, I don't know that guy's name. I was never really into the, the pirates. Really? I love those. Um, hmm. But I don't remember that guy's name. But yeah, him. Uh, but yeah, if I, if I refuse to like not hire that guy, mm-hmm. I could be... Uh, you know, held mm-hmm. accountable normally. Right, right. Well said. But now, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, I got an email saying that the Dayton shooter's friend was not charged for buying the body armor or the hundred, you know, round drum. Mm-hmm. He was charged for lying on his form about his drug use. And I'm a hundred percent certain we said that. Uh, but I just wanted to clarify it in case it wasn't clear. Uh, and because we, we were, I remember we were talking about how weird it was that it was pot, acid, and shrooms. Remember that discussion that we had? Like, yeah, I can't forget that. Yeah, that's the those are the hard ass drugs that make you a white nationalist. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, and the fund for future Dem candidates that you were talking about, Jaleesa, is the Unify or Die Fund, and it's put out by Swing Left and Crooked Media. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you want to donate to that, you can donate to that. And the hotel magnate that was named Magnate, mm-hmm. not Magnate, <laughs> that was named in the Epstein documents was uh, Pritzker of Marriott. Ah. So, so you know, that was the where I was like, because I had read her deposition where she was like, it was some famous hotel guy, hotelier, I can't remember which one. Oh. But it, it was apparently 
uh, Pritzker of Not Marriott. Trump of Trump Tower. <laughs> no. Okay, got that it. That dude fucked up not calling the hotels Pritzker. I know. <laughs> what is he doing? Marriott. Marriott. Yeah, mm. Are those it. people Marriott? I don't know. It's, I don't know where Maybe you... it's the like one that got away. You okay. know, like it's a tribute mm. to his lost yeah. life. Marriott. I'm just thinking Steve name? Wynn. Oh. Trump. They all named Hilton, it after someone. Hyatt. Hyatt. Yeah. yeah. This Who's guy? Marriott? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Hard-hitting sure. journalism from Muller Zero. <clears throat> Tackling the tough issues. So, guys, those are corrections. If you have any for the Daily Beans, the Mueller Report episodes, or Mueller She Wrote, head to MullerSheWrote.com, click Contact, and select Corrections. We'll get it right eventually. Uh, we have a lot of news to get to, so let's jump in with just the facts. All right, guys, there's a lot of Epstein news this week, and Epstein, I guess, is real. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to keep calling him Epstein. Uh, there's a lot of Epstein news this week, and Jaleesa, I just want to let you know I know. That it's incorrect. Right, right. And I'm moving I'm moving forward with that. Despite. I just keep thinking of when he spelled his name out on that chalkboard and he wrote like S T I N E. S- yes, yeah. Epstein. Mm-hmm. However, in his deposition where he talked about his egg shaped wiener, he called himself Epstein. Huh. So maybe he didn't want to be associated with the wiener shape yeah. questions. <laughs> tomato, tomato, right? Yeah. <laughs> or eggs. <laughs> so we do have a lot of epstein news julie so you're going to cover that in hot notes for us later in the show a lot of stuff has been happening over the weeks uh you know surrounding his uh death by suicide and and the investigations and and the filings court filings he suicided himself that's right yep and uh here's a good one uh no one reviewed matthew fucking whitaker's financial financial disclosure forms for his job as jeff sessions chief of staff until uh, like a year later and when they did finally get around to it, they determined they were incomplete. Hmm. A Department of Justice official is calling this an administrative error that no one caught until <clears throat> a FOIA request for Whitaker's records was made. Uh, the new court filing indicates there was a last-minute scramble to get Whitaker compliant. Uh, Trump doesn't give a shit about us, you guys. That's basically it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are these the Smirnoff boys that we're supposed to look over this? I don't know. I think so, because that's the presidential personnel office yeah. they, they're responsible for a lot of the hiring of white house aides but i don't know if 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 matthew fucking whitaker is one of them because he's an appointee he's mm-hmm. a political appointee that should maybe just be vetted by the white house totally. with background checks done by cia fbi nsa but they didn't he, he no one looked over his forms mm-hmm. um so they just wanted to get him in there uh, wonder why as fast as possible <laughs> we're all sitting here calling him big dick toilet salesman and hot tub crime machine and uh, and and they're just like, oh, we just didn't bother to check into it. Hmm. Yeah, like we we were all over this, and so I think that the and and Trump has actually said, you 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 journalists are my vetting system. I don't have to vet people because oh you do my. it for me. Okay, yeah, right. You don't even believe what people say. <laughs> well, then I want my money. <laughs> yeah, <That's> right. <laughs> You're paying me how, to vet. How can they not look over those forms? But I got denied voter registration once because my signature didn't exactly like meet the one that i did the year before whoa they yeah. actually checked those things because i changed my signature yeah. like all the time i just mix it up yeah <laughs> they sent it back to me and they're like this is your signature last year and this is your signature this year it's like well i'm changing yeah okay? you, you can't evolve that <laughs> was another uh thing that they're you do, trying to do to for voter suppression was yeah. making the signatures match exactly and that particularly affects young voters because you don't at least i didn't settle on my exactly. signature until i was in my late 30s my sense of identity is all over the place <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> and which... when i'm high it's a different, different oh, signature yeah. than when i'm sober sometimes <laughs> i don't have time for a full d mm-hmm. i just gotta squiggle on right. with a little pin i'll like stop working <laughs> for a second but i'll keep going anyways <laughs> i'm gonna let that one lie <laughs> sometimes you just don't have time for the full d 
Just the tip. Just okay. the tip. <clears throat> Maria Butina is back in the news. Butina, Butina, whatever you want to call her, Devil's Mermaid. And Jordan has that for us later in mm-hmm. Hot Notes. I was surprised she came up. But I was struggling whether I was going to give you the Devil's Mermaid or Nunez. Yeah. I and prefer the Devil's Mermaid. I think you do. <laughs> yeah. I think you do. Because, you know, I mean, you got you broke up with Nunez. It's a little probably, you know, hard for you to. True. No, that's not real. Uh, House Democrats have subpoenaed Corey Lewandowski and Rick Dearborn in their ongoing obstruction investigation for possible impeachment. We knew this last week. Uh, we went over it in the Daily Beans. And the reason that they want that that Lewandowski and Rick Dearborn are, you know, uh, subsumed into this obstruction investigation is because Trump told Lewandowski to tell Sessions, deliver a message to Jeff Sessions to say, tell him, here's an idea, uh, limit the scope of Mueller's investigation to future elections, not mine. And <clears throat> Lewandowski was like, I'm not doing that. That's dumb. So he went to Rick Dearborn, who was a White House aide at the time, because Lewandowski didn't work for the White House. And he's like, hey, Rick. Hey, pal. <laughs> how about you go tell Sessions? And Dearborn's like, yeah, sure. And no one ever ended up telling mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Sessions. Yeah, to common theme scope. in the Trump administration. <laughs> yep. And so that's kind of why. And, you know, these these subpoenas go like right to the heart of impeachment because that's what uh, now Jerry Nadler with the approval of Nancy Pelosi she you know the lawyers all work together to say that we're doing this in pursuit of trying to figure out whether or not we're going to exercise our article one powers of impeachment so that's spelled out in the court documents that should speed it up through the courts but you know because Trump will file dumb lawsuits to try to delay it but it should speed it up Uh, and Lewandowski has said over the weekend he will testify um, it's mid-September. I think it's September 16th or 17th. I can't remember. But he said he'll testify. He'll testify to the fact that there was no collusion and no obstruction. Mm. And you can't do that um, and tell the truth. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you're going to perjure yourself, bro? <clears throat> yeah, especially uh, in a lead up to, I guess he's trying to run for Senate in New Hampshire. Yep. Oh, gross. And New Hampshire's like not having it. They're like, get the fuck out of here, you piece of shit. <laughs> Everybody hates him. Even the Republicans are like. Is Pop it up running too? I haven't. He's been hinting at it, but yeah. I, I don't think he's announced. I don't think Lewandowski's announced either, but I think he's about to. Um, I, I'll have to double check on that. But yeah, it, that could happen as well. Just what? <laughs> yeah. They could just create their own party of just like <coughs> ex-Trumpers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, still Trumpers. But still Trumpers. <laughs> yeah. But it's like not quite out never by Trumpers. Trump. <laughs> still yeah. Trumpers after all these years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just gross. Um, and I don't know what they th- are thinking. Um, They're thinking that if Trump can become president, they can become anything. Senators, right. Yeah. yeah fucking narcissists hang out together. Yeah, I believe it. Nar- yeah, mm, they they do because they feed off each other. Mm-hmm. You're, like, um, You're so cool, bro. No, dude. <laughs> Actually, wait. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am and so are you. I don't know if you're as cool as me, but we're all pretty right. fucking cool. Circle jerking each other. Yeah. yeah. Cream the cracker. <laughs> so the D.C. Attorney General has subpoenaed documents from the woman that was paid $26 million from Trump's inaugural fund for her work. Her name is Stephanie Wolkoff. We've talked about her extensively. And it appears she was thrown under the bus by Tom Barrick and Rick Gates, who were never fully above board with her as they as she was organizing these inaugural events. And it, it appears prosecutors are interested in the payments made through the inaugural committee to Trump-owned businesses and whether there was a fair bidding process for contractors. Generally, they require you to put out the bid and, and have a fair process to see who's going to host this inaugural event. But it seems like they all just went to Trump properties mm-hmm. um, without the proper um, process mm-hmm. for accepting bids. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Wolkoff was so concerned with how the money was being handled, she called Cohen to complain. And, of course, he recorded that conversation. <laughs> <clears throat> and Cohen told her uh, that Southern District of New York now has that, that tape of that conversation. And the House Intel Committee also sent a letter to Wolkoff back in April asking her to hand over inaugural info to them, including documents involving communications between Kushner and Ivanka with foreign officials. So this is being investigated on multiple fronts, and we'll keep you posted on all of those. For those tapes, how can those be used as legitimate evidence in court? If like, do both parties have to be consenting? That's to what the I've recording, always heard. Or is it right? just one? Uh, in New York, I think it's single party. Yeah, and in that's DC, that's so interesting to me <laughs> as a rule. Like, I'm fine with it, and then it's just legit. That's interesting. And in DC, it's single party, so only one of the parties has to be aware that it's being recorded. In California, yeah. we have a two party requirement where right. ev- where uh, everybody on on the call has to be made aware that they're being recorded. But yeah. I don't think that that's the case. I know it's not the case in DC, but I, I, I think New York is. Not I didn't the know case. that was the state thing. I thought it was like federally. That's crazy. I was, yeah, I was gonna say, what's the point? Because inherently, if it's being recorded, one person is in agreement but i guess it's like <laughs> well that's maybe the point anti-surveillance yeah, D- DC sort of is, invasion stuff or something yeah dc is basically saying uh you can record conversations without telling people yeah of course dc would allow it shady people <laughs> <laughs> yeah everyone's bugged right yeah they're, they're, that would be my guess is dc is like dude we record everyone's conversations anyway yeah. so yeah i've seen scandal but maybe that protects <laughs> um maybe that protects if like I don't know. Your fucking phone is listening to you or something. This is well, that's true. Hattie. And then they try to bring that to court. I don't even know if this is a thing. And then they're, yeah. they're like, uh, well, there were no consenting parties to that other than the third party. That's that a good didn't point. Existed. It's Maybe an entirely different podcast, okay. but it's a very good point. Yeah, but yeah. that third party, <laughs> if they they're count? not in the conversation, I don't think they count. Right. That's I what, think I, that's what I'm saying. So like the one person rule would protect you against something like that. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully if the CIA is listening, I would like to think that we would have <laughs> like some kind of legal that's true, protection, but, but I doubt But it. what's the point of them listening if they're not going to use it? No, if, <laughs> if the CIA is listening, they likely have a FISA warrant or a pen register. They don't listen for fun? Not according to McCabe. No, they're not allowed to. Facebook does, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. Advertising people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Facebook does for sure. Mm-hmm. That's just that you are the product. So, and I you, feel and so your special. Data. <laughs> yeah. You are for sale. I'm valuable. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we'll see what goes on with Walkoff in the inaugural. It's just, it's a bad scene. Um, there's additional news this week on the lifting of sanctions on Oleg Deripaska's aluminum company. Um, I'll go over that in the hot notes. It's really fascinating. Uh, Mother Jones learned that the FBI began requesting documents from American Media Inc., AMI, and interviewing some of their staff earlier this year about that special issue they did on Saudi Arabia and MBS, Mohammed bon- Mohammed Bin Salman. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to a source familiar with the probe, they gathered evidence through June uh, for prosecutors in the Southern District of New York on whether AMI had engaged in illegal influence peddling on behalf of Saudi Arabia. The investigation came amid the Bezos controversy, where he accused the Inquirer of blackmailing him over naked pics he exchanged with his girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez. Uh, Bezos' security guide, Gavin DeBecker, really good private dick, (laughs) said Saudi swiped private info from Bezos' phone and was in cahoots with the Inquirer to bring down Bezos. And as we all know, Jamal Khashoggi worked for Washington Post, which is also owned by Bezos. So that's a motive there for Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. And both AMI and the Southern District of New York declined to comment, including whether or not the investigation is still happening. But the SDNY mysteriously stopped their investigation into the hush money payments by the Trump org right after Barr took over as attorney general. And I feel like something's rotten here. And and like maybe that investigation has also been stopped. Damn. Didn't we report on that reemerging, though, that investigation into the hush money payment? 
not in the Southern District of New York, mm. in the but from uh, attorneys general, state attorneys general. Got it, got it, yeah. Yeah, they picked it up, and uh, so that's going on there. And of course, the the Congress is investigating it as well. But and this is what Joyce Vance's piece in Time Magazine was about: just the the, the draining reservoir of trust, the reservoir of trust, <laughs> as we called it from uh, when we did Comey's book review, a higher loyalty. That um, that our tweet was quoted in where we said, whether you think the Epstein death was nefarious or if somebody turned a, a blind eye, the point here is nobody trusts the Department of Justice. Absolutely. Uh, and again, I just want to make sure that everybody who, you know, the, the career professionals at the Department of Justice, men and women who've worked there for years, you're not who we distrust. Who The distrust is at the top. It's Bill Barr. Because if SDNY wanted to bring charges against um, AMI or the Inquirer, Bar could stop that from happening. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's shitty. Uh, <laughs> enjoy your day. No. <laughs> there is hope after these messages. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, and we have Tish James, New York Attorney General. We have the D.C. Attorney General. We've got New Jersey Attorneys General, Maryland. We've got all Connecticut. We've got these great attorneys general that are, are you know, doing these subsequent investigations into these things after you know, they like, for example, the hush money payments being dropped by Southern District in New York. And we've got Congress looking into it, too. So, yeah, that should be a separate fantasy indictment thing. Like if we had beans on when Tish was going to drop her bomb, because it's got to be coming. I don't think she'll let it go. Well, and any any new, uh, like state attorney general indictment is going to count toward the fantasy indictment. League because nice. They've all been handed mm-hmm. off. Um, yeah. And if they get handed off to the DOJ by Mueller and they drop it and it gets picked up by a state attorney general, then. It counts. counts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I dig it. All right, guys, we'll be right back with more Mueller news. Hey there, it's AG to tell you about Noom. Sticking to a weight loss plan can be hard, but Noom makes it simple by teaching you the tricks and tips you need to overcome obstacles using a cognitive behavioral approach. And it's not just about weight loss. It's about overall wellness and well-being as well. And the definition of insanity we've heard is, right, trying the same thing over and over, expecting different results. And that's what I was doing with my health and lifestyle choices before I found Noom. I would label certain foods as bad or guilty foods, and then I would feel guilty after I ate them. And I had this all-or-nothing mentality, so if I skipped a gym day or had a donut, I felt like the whole year's ruined, and I'm just going to have burritos for the rest of my life and not exercise. Uh, I was also running into a time issue because I had six different apps to manage. Uh, one that was my food tracker, one to log my workouts, uh, one would, you know, I would consult for nutrition. I had a step counter. I had this whole thing where I was doing supplement. But any, Noom has all of it in one place, one app. And it's a huge, there's also a huge community of support um, for you and your fitness goals. And you have a nutrition coach as well. But it's, it's not just about weight loss, like I said. Sure, yes, I did lose about, I think, like 17 pounds in the first three months. But then, since then, for the last six months, I've been able to maintain that because... Uh, I've been changing my perception about food, taking the stress out of worrying about tracking stuff and stress, you know, creates cortisol. And and then I was just making better choices for my overall health and wellness, which includes better sleeping habits, which, you know, affects every single part of your life. So head to Noom, take their 30 second evaluation to find out how Noom can help you meet your specific health goals. Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash AG. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash AG to start your trial today. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash A-G. Start losing weight for good. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. 
I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer. I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. All right, guys, welcome back to more Just the Facts. Um, this is fun. And you, friendless, brainless, helpless, hopeless, do you want me to send you back to where you were? Unemployed in Greenland? So in case you haven't heard, apparently Trump wants to buy Greenland. <laughs> Did you guys hear this? I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just today, just on Sunday, Larry Kudlow told Fox News that Trump knows a thing or two about buying real estate. Really? Because I think he lost like a billion dollars uh, in the decade that he was doing real estate. And he doesn't really develop real estate. He just puts his name on buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't take any of the risk and still somehow lost money. The guy lost money on a casino. I don't know how you do that with maths. <laughs> um, but the Wall Street Journal reported Thursday that Trump has privately asked friends over a long period of time now whether the United States can buy Greenland. But officials from both Greenland and Denmark have said there's no way. Greenland is not for sale. Um <laughs> And that's the one that's icy, right? Like, yeah. it's not actually green. Okay, what does he want to do with that? Some people were speculating that he's buying it, knowing that global warming and climate change is happening, <gasps> so that when that ice sheet melts, he can he can put golf courses there. Oh, it becomes not, a more temperate zone. Okay, I was under the assumption that it'd be a safe place, because I heard about some billionaires that were buying property in uh, New Zealand, mm. and they've been stopped. They can't do that anymore because they were doing it for global warming purposes and, like, just trying to monopolize that property. So I was yeah. like, oh, maybe that's the last place that'll be frozen, but no, maybe it'll melt first. Well, well, it reminds me of Superman 2. The plot <laughs> is that Lex Luthor is going to buy all of the land in California just east of the San Andreas Fault. Then he was going to put a nuclear bomb in the San Andreas Fault, causing an earthquake 
so that the whole west coast of California fell into the sea and then he would own all that beachfront property. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. So this could be for Trump's evil lair. Yeah. I, that makes way more sense. It, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what I, you know. Th- but despite the ridiculousness of this, uh, Trump is visiting Greenland next month. Gross. So I don't gosh. know if he's going to keep trying to buy Greenland. That's weird. And then Denmark or someone offered to buy the U.S.? That was a, well, that was a Barowitz report. Okay. Which is like an onion. Oh my gosh. For the New Yorker. This, in these day and ages, I really get him confused. And they're like, Denmark has a counteroffer. They're going to buy the United States. That explains it. <laughs> and that I'm is... like, yes, that would be great. I was Funny. like, yeah, I wanted to like log off when I saw that. Yeah. But I should have done more research. <laughs> Trump's going to go visit and just pee all over it. Just <laughs> yeah. like, like a snow cone. Yeah. <laughs> Don't this eat the mine. yellow snow. <laughs> My germs. My country. <laughs> uh, so, okay. What else do we have? Oh, here you go, Jordan. The Fresno Bee. Uh, this week reported that a year after left-wing groups accused Nunes of being a fake farmer, because uh, he doesn't he hasn't farmed in forever, mm-hmm. and he puts farmer next to his name on the California ballots. They tried to get him to have to remove that, and they failed. He got to keep the word farmer uh, on the ballot. Uh, he has now reported on a newly released financial disclosure form that he now owns a farm. Uh, but we looked into it, and the farm generates no income. It's worth less than it's worth less than fifteen thousand dollars, and it's less than a hundred square feet. It's smaller than this oh podcast my studio. Oh <laughs> That's uh, his farm. That's so funny. And he bought that, I guess, so he can continue. So like, we can't give him shit about not being a farmer. But now it's like ten times worse. You can oh grow some God. weed on that. How yeah. did they? How did they think? People wouldn't find out. Like, try to visit his farm. <laughs> God damn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> And uh, Politico reports this week that according to data they received in a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act request, the Mueller report has been downloaded nearly 800 million times from the Department of Justice's website uh, between its mid-April release and early July. That's when they stopped. That's when they ended the count. Uh, I mean, they're still counting, but that's what the the Department of Justice handed over. The highest number happened the day it was released, 644 million downloads on that single day alone. And there was another spike, around half a million, uh, in the couple of days following Mueller's first public statement. Wow. And we saw another spike when he testified. That's a lot of copies. That's more than, like, Beyonce's Lemonade, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We don't have numbers on how many people have bought the report on Amazon or uh, have downloaded the free Audible version. And also these numbers could include if you've downloaded it multiple times because it doesn't it doesn't do like one per unique IP address. address. Yeah. It's just how many downloads it has. And I've downloaded this report personally probably a hundred times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to Mueller's biggest fan. Pull it back up I on my so much. I bought it five times. Yeah. <laughs> touch, 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 touch. I just bought the book. So yeah. hopefully there's a lot of people like that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bought I bought a book. I've downloaded it a million times just so I can have it up on my um, you know, yeah, my definitely desktop when I'm working on on those episodes but yeah mm-hmm. been downloaded quite a bit and mm-hmm. and that because what is it the three percent of americans that's got to be increased by now. 330 million it's like 10 million people have that's read still a lot, yeah. the Mueller report mm-hmm. but it's got 800 million downloads i think probably uh just there we're super users we're like how seven percent of the americans own all the guns yeah or like netflix, uh, <laughs> like netflix passwords they're just sharing the copy with their family three percent of uh <laughs> americans uh have read the Mueller report but we've read it so many times mm-hmm. <laughs> i have 10 copies who has the time that that should be the new like uh <laughs> some sort of campaign thing yeah three like, percent of america has no life <laughs> <laughs> or yeah they're so into the deep state theory they all have a hundred copies of there's a hundred copies per 10 americans for every <laughs> person that's a super Mueller user let's do a buyback of the Mueller report <laughs> 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 buy back my Mueller report i don't oh, like the findings so <laughs> uh, and it needs to be purchased back yeah yeah uh, i want my money back um <laughs> 
But, you know, as far as what we've spent, taxpayers have spent on the Mueller report, we've made it back like three times in asset forfeiture just nice. from Manafort alone. And there's still more coming. We've got Stone. We've got we've got so many other yeah. things. And we, we had that one yacht from Jolo. We made like $250 million. Wow. So if there should you can be an- count Epstein's estate, I know that that's not Mueller related, but it's a good time for the government and assets. Yeah, it is. Seizures. Seizures. Forfeitures. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if they had one big Mueller auction instead of just like doing it, you know, one Well, that's by what one. we were talking about, storage wars, but, yeah, but yacht wars. wars. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. all of it, you know, everything mm-hmm. they've gotten, like the Trump condos, like everything, just all one auction. Yeah. And then we show up and buy everything. That'd be great. Give it away to the patrons. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> fun to do an auction. Like you pay, it's like somebody pays like $108 for the Trump apartment. Yeah, yeah. Be like, I live here now. And then just turn it into some huge hippie commune or some, <laughs> or some like. I egg. want the portrait that like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio had. Oh, the Picasso? Yeah, the Picasso. Yeah. Gibbs. Or some uh, AOC uh, hate, uh like hate art uh no oh, uh, gosh <laughs> that's what he would have in his apartment right framed no it. campaign headquarters we should put her campaign headquarters in in Trump oh, Tower. oh yes yeah. fun. this is beautiful yes uh, yes i don't know though there'd be like ghosts of criminals in there that's the fair would be bad, bad feng shui yeah. bad juju. they're all still alive <laughs> um forfeiture fantasy league Not that's what we could call it and yeah like, what would you do if you had a trump apartment in <laughs> trump tower <laughs> Uh, also, uh, speaking of people who were embroiled in this uh, Mueller investigation, Greg Craig, our one and only Democrat, who had was facing two charges and then now is only facing one charge mm-hmm. compared to the 200 plus charges that the Republicans are facing from, you know, stuff that went on in the 2016 election. Uh, his trial is underway. Uh, he had to be warned this week about his chumminess with his former Skadden Arp slate Marin Flom colleagues. <laughs> <clears throat> People just say Scadden Arps, but I like to say the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I love when you do. Uh, uh, so this was a just trial because he's got friends and former colleagues that are being called to testify against him. And he's like, hey, bro, what's up? Hey, all right. And then, the, you know, so he had to be warned to, like, stop it. Uh, Craig claimed he lied about lobbying and didn't file under FARA because he thought it would jeopardize <clears throat> an appointment in a future administration. <laughs> and he was reluctant to disclose those details about his Ukraine work. Uh, and because the firm was getting like four million dollars for it when they were seemingly doing it pro bono, mm-hmm. so it didn't look yeah. political. Pro bono, pro bono, bono yeah. for free. Yep. If you, you do shit for free, that looks way more political than if you get paid to do it. Oh yeah, Manafort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Craig will be the only Trump. I I, I donate my salary. Oh. Oh, mm. Go to hell. How magnanimous of you? I don't think he'll be the last Democrat to get caught up in this. I don't think so either. Um, but I don't think that. Um, the other people that were around him, like Tony Podesta and Vin Weber, Vin Weber's a Republican, but Tony Podesta's not, yeah. that were also lobbying and helping with this Skadden Arps slate, Marin Flom, <laughs> uh, report on Tymoshenko, a whitewashed report mm-hmm. um, that was pro-Russia-backed Ukraine yep. political Yanukovych. via via Manafort and Van Der Zwan and Gates and all them, mm-hmm. that, that whole crew. That <laughs> you can't sit with us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, those guys. I, I, I think if they were going to be charged, they would have been charged when Greg Craig was charged. So I don't think they're going to be charged, but I do think that there might be some more Democrats caught up in this. And you know, we'll see. We'll report yeah, on it. Yeah. I, if, if you if you're criming, I want you to stop and yeah. go to jail. Or the so. Epstein stuff. I think it'll all be connected. And I think there's Democrats for sure mixed up. A lot of Democrats Take mixed em. up yeah. in the yeah. Epstein stuff. Also, if you're helping elect illegitimately someone who is a sympathizer to a more or less uh, dictator-run country, mm-hmm. then you're not a Democrat. Yeah. No. Yeah, you get that stripped from you. <laughs> yes. Greg Dino. Craig is not a Democrat. Democrat in name only. Turn in your card. <laughs> we have cards. And jackets. We do. We we all have we have silk jackets. Mm-hmm. We're the pink ladies. <laughs> 
Republicans on the Federal Election Commission, the FEC, voted Friday to block an in-depth investigation into allegations that Russians illegally donated to the NRA to benefit the Trump campaign in 2016. Senator Ron Wyden responded, It's inexcusable that Republican commissioners would block an investigation into whether Russian money was funneled through the National Rifle Association to help Trump. The blatant partisanship is appalling. It undermines our democracy and it leaves us vulnerable to continued interference in 2020. In March 2018, uh, the FEC opened a preliminary investigation into whether Torshin and Butina made illegal donations to the NRA to support Trump's presidential bid. Uh, FEC Chair Ellen Weintraub criticized the vote, saying the commission was doing nothing to find out the truth behind the most blockbuster campaign finance allegations in recent memory. The, the vote was two to two, two Republicans, two Democrats. Mm-hmm. Tied vote means we don't go forward. I think a tied vote should mean you do go forward. Yeah. Like, why Why is the default Overtime, position... right? <laughs> why is the default position, we won't investigate? The default position should be, we will, unless we get a majority of people's not wanting to. Yeah. I don't understand that shit at it's all. lazy. We have to that's put that on the list of shit to reform when Trump's out of office. The <laughs> FEC rules um, yeah. for what means what it means when you tie. Do we have an official list? We got to get that going. And why don't we have a tie-breaking vote in the FEC? I mean, I guess because so, they want it to be super bipartisan. Um, and so, but like... I don't care. Yeah, dicks. Um, you can like manufacture a tie too. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 like I said, man, if if it's a tie, like in baseball, a tie goes to the runner. Yeah, and and football doesn't it? You go into OT, right? Like overtime. Yep, for one period. Uh, soccer. Yeah. Tie overtime. Mm-hmm. Why is the default position? Well, we tied. We're it, done. It should be. <laughs> yeah. We should investigate because that's. You know, why not? I mean, just that's I don't know. I I don't understand. Uh, Last week, we told you about a dump of FBI 302s for Bruce Orr. And this is, to me, one of the most exciting parts of uh, today's show, though. It probably seems like a snoozer. Uh, Orr was a senior Justice Department official who was working on the Trump-Russia investigation. And his wife, Nellie, was working at Fusion GPS with Glenn Simpson to get Trump opposition research, uh, which was started by Republicans. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had noted last week that folks on the right would try to use this dump of information to bolster their deep state conspiracy theories, but that, like most things the right tries to do, the documents would actually hurt their plans more than they would help them if you would just read them. (laughs) Uh, These releases were part of a FOIA request from the right-wing journalists at Judicial Watch, and since the release of these documents, they've come up, since we reported on this, they've come up with their own conclusion about these Orr interviews, saying they proved that Nellie Orr was a deep state operative feeding Christopher Steele dossier information to the FBI while she was at Fusion. GPS. The problem with Judicial Watch's release of what they got from the Department of Justice is that large parts of it are missing. Uh, And that should be the first clue to anyone trying to unmask the deep state and show you the truth when certain shit is they they don't release. They leave out pages. So they purposely left it out. It wasn't like the original request just didn't have it. The original request has it all. Okay. And then Judicial Watch is like, look, and they show just parts of it. Damn. Yeah. Um, So, but if you read the entire release, you you, you find uh, that. This actually completely blows up their deep state conspiracy theory. Uh, when certain emails and parts of the interviews are missing, um, I think that's a pretty good sign they're showing you it's been picked over and approved just to meet their narrative. Um, that was what was worrying me when Trump gave Bill Barr the magic wand to declassify mm-hmm. documents because he would only declassify parts of the parts of the documents that made it look make you know that bolstered his side of the argument. But anything that totally blew up their whole deep state conspiracy theory would still be kept behind. Mm-hmm. So first, yes, it's true. Nellie Orr was giving information she was learning from her work at Fusion GPS to Bruce Orr and the FBI because the FBI asked for it as Mm. part of their investigation. And as we noted last week, these communications say over and over again that they aren't certain 
about Steele's work because the Russians tend to make shit up. And so they, <laughs> they heavily questioned in these documents, the, not the stuff the Judicial Watch wants you to see, but the actual documents show or like really questioning the legitimacy of what the dossier had because the Kremlin, because the sources were like Sergei Milian, people yeah. associated with Russia. People not to be trusted. <clears throat> make mm-hmm. shit up, right? So uh, he said that, but even that we still haven't disproven anything in the Steele dossier. And when the IG Horowitz interviewed him, he was like, wow, that was surprising. He's credible and holy shit. Mm -hmm. We just haven't seen that report yet. (laughs) I'm interested in that one. Um, So that's the crux of the right wing conspiracy theory is that Hillary was paying Fusion GPS to get dirt on Trump and Fusion was feeding it to the FBI in a, you know, a a deep state conspiracy to get rid of Trump. I mean, technically, the first two parts of that are right, but then they leave out the parts about the other side doing it as well. Right. Mm. Well, and was it the FBI part is not true, right? Like they didn't feed it to the FBI. You just gave it to them after it was done. So it's different. Nellie was giving it to. Um, Bruce, Bruce or because mm-hmm. they were asking for information they were inv- they were investigating Trump's ties to Russia and mm-hmm. here was some clues and right. so you that's what the FBI does so their conspiracy is not really conspiracy even though it's true it's just they're, they're spinning it to they make are. it seem like it's crazier than it really is and in fact what these documents show is that yes Nellie sent the reports uh, to Trump uh, on, on Trump Russia to her husband Bruce but what Judicial Watch doesn't point out is that of Nellie Orr's nearly 80 reports that she sent, more than half of them were sent before the Dems hired Fusion when they were being funded by the Republicans. So it's pretty wow. fair. Half and half, just about. <laughs> just we said more than half. But more yeah. than half. So Mark Meadows, a while back, referred to Nellie Orr, re- referred Nellie Orr for criminal prosecution based on two incidents, that Nellie lied about having no knowledge of the Russia investigation when she was sending this shit over, and she met with two organized crime prosecutors at the request of Bruce Orr. Um, or no, not at the request of Bruce Orr, but a colleague of Bruce Orr named Hotland. Mm. So Meadows was trying to make it seem like since Nellie met with two prosecutors at the behest of uh, Hotland, she must be doing this as part of the FBI Trump-Russia investigation, but doing it through Fusion GPS. Is their first name Hotland or last name? Last name. Okay, I was like, who names their kids? <laughs> Hotland. Yeah, or like a nickname from school just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> but what these documents also reveal is then that email to Hotland, which Judicial Watch conveniently doesn't mention, it shows pretty clearly that Nellie had no clue about the, an anti-Magnitsky event that Veselnitskaya and Ock mentioned were tied to right around the Trump Tower meeting time. In fact... Remember when we went over the Fusion GPS transcripts with a fine-tooth comb on on our show, Simpson had told Congress that the people uh, in Fusion working on Trump oppo were totally separate and and compartmentalized from those working on the Prevazon-Magnitsky stuff because he was also representing Veselnitskaya and Prevazon Holdings in their Magnitsky Act shit. So this proves that one of Meadows' claims was completely bogus because they weren't together. They were completely siloed. And Meadows also claims that Nellie's sharing information with the two prosecutors about a Russian mafia guy named Kalashov proves that she knew about the Trump-Russia investigation and shared her fusion, fusion research with people other than the FBI, meaning these two prosecutors. But according to Marcy Wheeler at EmptyWheel.net, if that were true, then Meadows would have to have known Kalashov had some ties to Trump. But he doesn't cross that line because that would look really bad for Trump. So anyway, Meadows like never riddle. <laughs> Meadows never really poked that bear. Right. Yeah. Because he didn't want it to come out that because he's like, you met, you know, you talked about the name Kalashoff came out of your mouth when you were talking to these prosecutors. That means you knew about the Trump investigation, which begs the question. I'm sorry. Does he have something to do with Trump? In, you know, oh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is uh, deep state. <laughs> so finally, Wheeler brings up something here that's worth discussing, because the bulk of these salacious communications between Bruce and Nellie are really nothing more than really boring discussions about his travel. <laughs> 
Um, quote, perhaps because she scandalously liked to know what country her spouse was in or maybe even likes to pick him up from the airport. <laughs> That's what uh, Marcy Wheeler says. But per usual, in trying to expose the deep state by releasing all the documents, they just shoot themselves in the foot. If you recall, Trump waged all-out war on Bruce Orr on Twitter, call calling for him to be fired, I think, six times. And in one of these attacks, he accused the Orrs of sharing information on Russia to line their pockets and get bigger and fatter. And as you may know, Trump likes to accuse people of what he himself does. But these communications with his wife show Bruce just discussing per diem rates with his wife. And he went out of his way one time to ensure that he only claimed 105 euros per night for lodging rather than 120 because the 120 euro rate was if Nellie was with him on this trip to Riga. And the documents show that he didn't even submit for reimbursement for parking at the airport. So here we have this money-grubbing, greedy couple lining their pockets, getting rich off of the Russia-Trump scandal, when actually they're the kind of folks to make sure taxpayers didn't pay an extra 30 euros in a business trip. So it's just nothing that they have said has panned out. Yeah, I wonder what the middle ground is, too. Like, Because they could be totally decent people, or they could also be doing... Their own form of cherry picking like they could be honest, but there's probably something in the middle there where like I don't want to give into the conspiracies, but I feel like just hearing some of the details. It's it seems like it's the impression that makes a difference. The stories are very similar in a lot of ways, you know, but it seems like the right is just trying to give the idea that there is some kind of scandalous thing that, about it when it seems like it's just, you know work as usual right well the thing that would make it a conspiracy theory is if they were working together on it and that the mix of the Prevazon holding stuff was mixed in with the with the Veselnitskaya Magnitsky Act stuff and the investigation into Trump Russia mm -hmm. this these documents prove that those things are not linked that they didn't know mm -hmm. uh, and that she didn't know that the, there was a Trump Russia investigation and that the FBI was asking fusion for these documents not the other way around she wasn't feeding it to them got it so and be, you know her mentioning uh, a Russian mobster name to two Russian mafia prosecutors uh, in a meeting that had nothing to do with the Magnitsky Act stuff or the Trump Russia investigation mm -hmm. it proves that she was unaware and that was Meadows number one thing is that you were aware you Lied. I see now. Yeah, and he, he's just, straight up lying. In it's that case. just yeah. all bullshit. That makes sense. Yeah, for him to be a piece of shit in that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Very and subtle. Fact, they're so not money grubbing people trying to make money off of the Trump Russia investigation that they're having these discussions about saving 15 euros for the taxpayers in a lodging per diem thing when they go on a business trip. It's just none of it makes any sense. Right. Right. Yeah. And when the information was being passed along, like you said, he was the, the caveat was also given that this is coming from Russian intel, which is not really even to be trusted. So that's why potentially also, or to be wary of it. I get confused, too, because you're totally right about that. I also think about when Russia spills things to the U.S., it's usually about things that Trump is hiding. So I'm like, well, Russia does tell the truth sometimes, but they're very strategic about it. Uh -huh. So it makes me just wonder, like, you know, maybe they were lying this time, but also... <laughs> There's they no scandal. Been. They yeah. could have been, but yeah. Bruce Orr wasn't saying, we're going to make it all sound like the truth. Exactly. He specifically said in multiple communications and in the FISA warrant, not Bruce Orr, but when the FISA warrant was made, these come from Christopher Steele. He doesn't want Trump to be president. You know, not because he doesn't like Trump, but because <laughs> he's doing these things. Like, if you read what he was doing in the Steele dossier, you wouldn't want him to be president either. Exactly. And that's where it gets tricky. Just like with uh, uh, Peter Strzok. It's like, well, I mean, okay, I get that he was removed, but some, there's a fine line between working for the government in some way and then having your opinions. And yeah. the, the right just seems to be really exaggerating that, that gray area there. Like, that's the big scandal is that they don't yeah. like Trump. It's like, but who? Really and all of, and all of the facts are on the side of our side. Exactly. Not deep state side. And 
what is wrong with not liking someone you're investigating? Right. It seems to me like the problem would be if you liked somebody you were investigating, you wouldn't fully investigate, kind of like, you know, how the Republicans didn't in the House or the Senate Intel or Senate Judiciary Committee weren't really looking at or asking follow up questions. That is when the investigation can become become tainted when you like somebody. I can when see you, the other way, too, though. When but you back, don't yeah. when you don't like somebody. You can finding work against out, them. Finding out facts about them that they broke the law isn't less valid because you don't like them. True, but what they're doing is trying to make it seem like they're not really facts. That they, just because they don't like them, they're making up stuff. And that's what the base is buying into, right? Is that it's all made up because it's just the very emotions-based. And yeah, I'm the kind of person who has to reread things too. People yeah. have gone to prison, but yeah, we're totally making right. all that shit up. Yeah, it's Fox just, News it's... just ruins America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how much regulations exist for the FBI's investigations. Like, mm -hmm. they have to meet so many thresholds of standards to even be able to continue Continue with investigations exactly so for all these people to who probably don't even know what that process is like i didn't that's until the I read that book. They, right we study it for the podcast yeah but yeah like regular people don't think yeah, about that they just yeah. assume that it's just like hey i got this thing and the fbi is like oh perfect give it to me and i'm gonna use the rhetoric you give me with it exactly <laughs> and shape the course of history it's like there's so many other i mean the U.S. government does has done shitty things like that in the past. But, sure, but this time <laughs> I don't think that's that, why. That's, yeah, uh, distrust that's is such a powerful thing that's being exploited right now. Yeah, like, well, yeah they we had always... to revamp the whole CIA after they got busted for being sketchy. Exactly, right? like, and the FBI they had ago. their shitty stuff too. But at least now it's like we thought we were past that, but then it's being exploited. I think their yeah. history to make it seem it is. like yeah. It. And then our our problem is having to sit here and defend institutions like mm -hmm. the Department of Justice, FBI, CIA when they've had shitty shit in the past. Mm -hmm. It just makes it that more, you know much more difficult. Yeah, yeah. To, but no one's to defend this. right? It does. <laughs> I mean, I get it's that. It's kind of like of them things. shooting themselves in the foot, sort of. And maybe these are just th this is some of the fallout from those actions. And yeah, it's, it, yeah. It's, it's like such a tough discussion. Right? It really is. Yeah. It's so complex. The I think meta intersection of history and and know, forgiveness because America presently. did a lot of shitty things too. I don't hate America, but I think some things are being exploited. So it's like, where do you find that you know middle ground? Well, I think Mark Meadows should be censured. That's for, a good place to start. Yeah, that guy yeah. just sucks. <laughs> He for for trying so to say bad. that um, you know Nellie Orr, deep state, she should be criminally referred. They never. Everyone who's been criminally referred by Republicans, they haven't been prosecuted. The IG has found them innocent. The IG found that Struck and Page didn't have any their 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 work didn't bias, reflect their didn't per have an impact the on their work. Already done Comey is not yeah. going to be prosecuted. Uh, you know, despite his mishandling of the Hillary email right. situation, which we all are mad about, but, but the there was no laws then, broken. It's so embedded in them that yeah, that's why the news is so powerful, even the fake news. Well, yeah, they don't read the actual documents. Right. They, yeah, yeah. they go by what their leaders tell them, and that was yeah. evident in that woman in that Justin Amash rally where she says i was totally surprised there was anything bad about trump and the Mueller report mm -hmm. months after it came out so it's just it's clear has anyone made like a parody for fox news like spelled like foe but like pronounce it fox and then just like make fun of them all the time like directly not probably i mean we have the colbert rapport that's about as close as it came but yeah. i don't think there's a fox right i know I it's pronounced fox, but like idea. just straight up call it fox i don't news. think there's like a fox that. news yeah dude we gotta get on that uh i don't want to get sued today so. is that how you get sued oh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i'm still waiting for racial r racial and i see now i'm confused like <laughs> rachel maddow doesn't meet her cease and desist <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll be right back with more news and the latest on moscow mitch Guys, I'm happy to announce the Neighborhood Watch is back, and it's way more convenient than it used to be. You used to have to get up and go to meetings, meet your neighbors face-to-face, -face, blah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, but no, I remember the old Neighborhood Watch programs. They had McGruff the Crime Dog, and there was a sign in your neighborhood that said, this is a Neighborhood Watch neighborhood. And But now... 
uh, we have the Neighbors app, and it's brought to you by Ring. Those are the, the company, that's the company behind those video doorbells and security cameras. So now the neighborhood watches on an app on your phone. And with the Neighbors app, you receive real-time safety alerts from your neighbors in your hood, and it helps you stay informed about what's going on uh, like around where you live. And you, you get to set the parameters for that, too, on this really easy-to-use map. And it's totally free. You don't even need to own a Ring device. So I downloaded the free app. I was able to set my neighborhood area using that map filter I was telling you about. And so far, it's been really great. Uh, I've gotten to know my neighbors, um, which I didn't before. We've been able to recover lost pets um, and missing packages. And, and we know if there's any safety alerts nearby, which is nice, any crimes that, that have been reported or anything like that. So it's it's really about neighbors helping neighbors. And just this week, we were able to f- uh, figure out that a group of young kids, guys, were moving packages, not stealing packages, just like as a kid prank. Uh, like we used to go around and take those little um, tire, uh, those little screw tops where you put air in the tires. We just used to go around and collect those. But these kids were moving Amazon packages from house to house, like taking them off of one porch and putting them on another porch. So they weren't lost, but we were able to use the, the app to find out who had whose packages and like help. Like we had sort of a little party. We all had some a glass of wine. And we all exchanged our packages back to where they were. Uh, and the fact is this app is making it easier for, for neighbors to work together and keep the community safe. So there's millions of people using it already. So if you want to see what's going on in your neighborhood, text AGPOD to the number 555-888 to download the Neighbors app today. That's AGPOD to 555-888. One more time, AGPOD. Text AGPOD to 555-888. Make your neighborhood safer today with the Neighbors app by Ring. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, guys, welcome back. Jordan, today in Hot Notes, you have an update on the Devil's Mermaid, Maria Butina. But first, Jalisa, what is up in the Epstein news this week? Content warning. <laughs> yes, definitely content warning. Uh, this week, I read an interesting article by Richard Bayar at Forbes magazine about how the day after Epstein was taken off suicide watch, he spent two hours alone in a private room with a mysterious young woman. And some witnesses speculate that she may have been a part of his legal team, considering that they met in a room reserved for inmates and their attorneys. And even though Epstein was known to pay members of his legal team to sit with him for hours each day just to avoid being in his cell, this time seems different because one of the witnesses and visiting attorneys said that uh, he has also requested to not be named. He said, quote, the optics were startling because she was young and pretty. Which I guess is kind of sexist. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <I> can't, <laughs> but it's Epstein. So. You can't be a young and pretty. Have you seen, have you met Katie Fang? Right. Uh, oh, yeah. But Gorgeous. Yeah, I didn't know until I read this piece that he used to pay his lawyers at mm-hmm. their lawyerly rate just eight hours him. to sit in the attorney's room so he wouldn't have to be in his cell. Yeah, what they do, play Risk or something? Like, I don't know. Just watch him. Just literally. Watch TV. Yeah, <laughs> literally play Risk. Yeah, maybe they watch TV and like joke around, like have a little Mystery Science Theater 3000. He'll watch himself on TV. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there I am. <laughs> I look good. Look at my hair. Right. The witness also noticed that the young lady did not have any files with her, like a normal lawyer would, which just reminded him of the sweetheart deal in Florida where I've seen would leave jail for several hours and meet with young women who were supposed to be on his legal team or like they thought they were meeting with him for business reasons. So it might not even been the girl's fault. Like, okay, let's say she might have been, if it's that scandalous as this guy's implying, she could have been paid or whatever, or she thought she was actually meeting with him for something. And then, you know, Epstein's a creep, so who knows? Maybe, I think maybe the lawyers just hired her to go sit with him. She could just be a pretty lawyer. Like him. eye candy, but also like there for legal reasons. Like he, I blame him more than her for anything, <laughs> but yeah, who knows? He just makes people really suspicious. Uh, but not to mention the day that Epstein died, the guards that were supposed to be watching him were reportedly asleep. 
and they falsified the documents, right, after they, I guess, found out that he killed himself. And, uh, that they were not asleep? <laughs> yeah, I guess they're like, we were awake. That was a report. <laughs> um, just, oh, yeah, that they made their rounds. Basically, there like, go, there's probably yeah. a log sheet that says yeah. checked at 9.30, checked at 10, checked at 10.30. Totally. And they falsified those when they were actually sleeping. Right, I used right. I work in security, which I know is different than this, but that's all people do. No exactly. One, no like the bathroom cleaners will just check all the boxes. <laughs> like, yeah, people one. are falling asleep all the time. No one fucking cares. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's just a tough, like the one guy you don't check on, like that episode we did for, yeah, it's it seems like he's the one guy you would not pull this that is on? weird like i would not do that i would not falsify a government document uh, ever um i would have to do we used to have to do rounds for stuff i can't tell you where i worked or what i was doing but if you put in the logbook that you were there you better have been there mm-hmm. yeah uh this is the government there's cameras in every computer there's cameras in every hallway yeah. the federal right. bureau of prisons is under the department of justice that they, they would they, and and, and it shows because they found out pretty much instantly that they falsified those documents by just looking at the cameras yeah. and seeing that nobody walked down exactly. the hall. Exactly. I think of Orange is the New Black which is probably a bad representation of prison but I'm like oh yeah guards seem like you know like any job they have bad apples even if they're working for the government it seems like some people just and that could be privatized oh, too. Yeah, but look some at the border patrol. Yeah they don't care man. There's there's a lot of bad apples. So. Totally. And uh, officially his death has been ruled as a suicide um, and I guess I mean okay let's let's some people are so skeptical of that but since it's formally put in I guess that's how it reported but let's just say he there was some foul play I don't know or he knew it was coming I just feel like either way this whole meeting is probably this is a super conspiracy theory thing but I feel like maybe he just wanted to get laid one last time I know it's crazy but it's Epstein I'm just like if all the other lawyers that came in did not look like her and suddenly like right before he dies this pretty young lawyer comes in I'm like either she was just hired for him to look at because he's just gross like that or they you know could have done something because it's two hours and a lot of lawyers were saying that that's kind of I don't know just a strange there's got to be cameras in that room they'll they'll probably ask her yeah it's it's an attorney room why would you not have cameras in that right i wonder if they'll call her banged in that room i'd be very surprised you'd be surprised i would too i think i think it was maybe just a babysit thing Okay. And he just wanted it to be a young, pretty female. And he didn't care about the optics. Yeah, it could be as simple as that. I could that. see him doing it, but not in that scenario, right? I guess. Like, uh, yeah, I, I could like, see I him wanting think to do it, but I don't think they he would, would actually do it, do it for it. Yeah. Back in Florida during his little jail time, quote unquote, I, mm-hmm. he wasn't doing that with women in the attorneys' rooms. He was going taking them to their mansion where exactly. he couldn't be filmed, or you know, at his uh, office where his uh, nonprofit organization was. Right, and we also suspected that there might be cameras in the hallways of his cell. So I don't know if we've heard anything about that. Well, in the hallways or his cell? Like, or in the, because I I don't know if they have him exactly in the cell, but we discussed on the previous episode, potentially in the hallways having some cameras, but I haven't heard anything about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if there's cameras in these places, why haven't we heard people report video evidence of anything? Yeah, they do have cameras in the hallways. They do not have cameras in the cells. Got it. Yeah. And then for this attorney's room, I'm like, yeah, I just want to, I don't know. I. But here's the problem with the ruling of a suicide. Uh, Whether you believe it or not. Um, the the problem is is that, that no one's going to be satisfied with these answers. So if, right. with an Emmy ruled it a suicide, there's people who are like, "Now I need to see the video." Yeah, even if they see the video, <laughs> they won't be. Satisfied. They're not going to believe it. <laughs> That's this true. This is going to be a conspiracy theory, like the JFK assassination, yes. like Roswell, like this on into modernity, because totally. there will be people who will never believe, and they and they'd like you to think they would. They'll be on Twitter saying, "I'll be, you know, just show me the tapes, and then we're good." <laughs> no, I bet you a million dollars when you see the tapes, you're not going to be good, right? Because you I don't, don't trust. I don't trust tapes. Yeah. 
yeah. anymore. Was it I'm not deep, saying we're related to this. Deep fake. Yeah, yeah. Dude, those have you if you look them up on YouTube, yeah. it is fucking Frightening. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like so the they, whole they, handling of this yeah. up until this point has totally put a cloud of dis- distrust the cloud. Uh, over yeah. <laughs> you gotta lift the cloud. Right, right. Maybe Comey can lift it. Uh, <laughs> over over the Department of Justice. It's particularly surrounding Bill Barr. Nothing, no proof will ever satisfy uh, this uh, core group of people who just don't believe who believe he was murdered or mm-hmm. body swapped or whatever. You nailed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like the JFK thing. Like even when like the the reports are unsealed, we're never really going to believe anything they say. But that chick, Jislaine, Gis- yes. she's kind of like yeah, like his Jackie, his evil Jackie. <laughs> He's like, I wonder if she knows anything about his death like more specifically because that was kind of his right hand person right she probably would but no yeah. one will believe her if right. it's not the answer that they want to hear you know something that people who think the earth is flat no matter you could take them up in a goddamn rocket ship and show them the curvature of the earth and they're still not going to believe that the earth is round people i would who listen- think that this that you know that the jfk was inside 9 11 was an inside job no matter what you show them or tell them any piece of proof and evidence that you show them to the contrary they aren't going to accept it and right this is going to happen with this case i mm-hmm. would still love to see it like go to trial and see her uh you know like brought to testify on some grounds but she was also spotted at an in and out recently in la reading a book about cia assassinations yeah like what the hell yeah that was reported in the new york post oh Oh, you wouldn't trust them either i don't but looking at the photos and i've talked to a lot of my um sources and journalist friends they, mm-hmm. everybody believes she was there yeah Nobody's but the reading because who reads it in and out right well they do have pictures photos and in the photos the close-up and i think she said something like well i can't eat here again like you're on oh. an in and out patio you're you're jizz lane <laughs> we see your face you're you, you look you're a very distinctive looking person right yeah what were you what do you and how is she still walking around free? Why is she not arrested? Thank some, you. Some people are speculating she's cooperating with the government, but against who? Epstein's dead, and, and she would be now the top dog in this investigation unless she's helping pull, you know, Mogilevich and Trump and all these other things. But if she's cooperating, we don't know anything about yeah. it. And she's, she's gonna get her, yeah, and she's true. still walking around out free. So the only thing that makes sense to me is if she's walking around the United States, not under arrest and not in jail, that means that for some reason she feels safe that she's not going to be prosecuted. And it can't be because people think this non-prosecution agreement that they signed in 2008, you know, giving, you know, immunizing all of Epstein's co-conspirators is going to hold up because the judge now they've filed uh, victims have filed a suit and to asking the judge to order that that non-prosecution agreement right. be mooted because mm-hmm. he's dead now. So and he's this the linchpin of it so it doesn't count anymore they shouldn't be immunized anymore and this is the same judge who found that alex acosta's handling of this uh, plea agreement was illegal and broke the law broke the victim's rights act so this is the same judge so she can't think she's immune right and she has to know that she could be in trouble but she's not fleeing the country to a not to a country that we have no uh, you know extradition treaty with and that means that says to me she feels safe from prosecution, which means she has to be cooperating. That's a way. very good point. I didn't consider that at all. And then maybe her books are like little clues. Yeah, like, I can't I've, speak, guys, but read the books. I see what you're saying, and that very well may be true. But to me, it doesn't make sense that they would give her a plea deal in any way or any sort of reward for cooperating because it relates to all of these crimes with children. I well, don't. I, I don't. Not, I don't I, think that. Hmm. Yeah. And so I also. And what would explain her walking around feeling safe from from because that immunity is still in place, even though I think it's going to go through. My beans are on 
the victims getting justice in that sense and her getting arrested within the next couple weeks. Ooh. Okay. So she's in your fantasy and dynamic. Yeah. Nice. But also, but if it's not that, then what you said. Okay. Either <laughs> yeah. way, my number one, we all agree. <laughs> my number one beans are Occam's razor beans, which is that scenario yeah. that she feels safe because of this bullshit non-prosecution yeah. agreement and that they're going to arrest her before that is mooted or if they moot it, it might already, it could be mooted and it's just under seal because they're waiting to build the case against her. That can take mm-hmm. two or three months even yeah. though they have an indictment from yeah. 2008. Mooted and booted mooted and booted <laughs> doop doop so anyway yeah. thank you for that reporting oh yeah of yes, course thank you. what the hell's going on man in this world <laughs> oh, the humanity jordan what's going on with the devil's mermaid I, and i always get back in my head yeah <laughs> bootina oh gosh hiccup sorry um okay so <laughs> bootina uh is she has a second lover everyone oh shit yeah or yeah. had had a second lover, I should say. Okay. First one, Paul Erickson, obviously, Tales All This Time. We know that shit. <laughs> Boutina and the Beast. This is... Uh, yeah, and this is the one, too. Like, didn't the government accuse her of kind of being a... Slutting around and sleeping with all sorts of dead. And I say that with, by, you know, power Right, it's sluts. government <laughs> slut not you. Power. Going around and, and like, you know, she yeah. basically questioning her, power and questioning her uh, love of Erickson by saying she slept with this dude and this dude. And the government's like, that's ridiculous. Not the government. Uh, his lawyers were like, that's her lawyers were like, that's ridiculous. She didn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. And now here we have. Yeah. So his name's Patrick Byrne. Uh, B-Y-R-N-E. Burn, right? Sick burn. Yeah. <laughs> so, Butina, he's the CEO of Overstock.com. So, Butina and him met at a libertarian conference uh, in July 2015 because in Las of Vegas. of course they did. Yeah, exactly. Fedoras were gambled, fedoras were lost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Will you ask the gentleman if he can forward me anything for this, m'lady? Yeah, <laughs> and puts his hat in the middle of the thing. God, that, that is like... So adorable. That's awful. <laughs> ah, adorable. Oh, so good. So apparently, uh, she was giving him a pitch about her Russian gun rights group, and he wasn't feeling it. Okay, but then, which which is interesting because it's a libertarian conference, and I feel like that's one huh. of the things libertarians are down for. Yeah, but yeah. Who kind knows? I'm not in. I'm not in the crew. Uh, so she gives him this pitch, and he's like, mm, "No, that doesn't really appeal to me." But then she was like, "Well." I work for this top Russian central bank official, and he said that he'd like you to come to Moscow and talk about blockchain technology. Is that Torsion? Right, I guess. Uh, yeah, I would imagine so. Mm. It doesn't say explicitly in the article, though. Uh, so the rest is just romantic history after that, and they apparently started up a relationship around September of that same year. Whoa. So Burns apparently started growing suspicious of Butina eventually over time and started reporting some of their conversations to the FBI as she continued to talk about meeting people in Clinton's campaign and Trump's campaign. He's just Dude, like, that's tough for a boyfriend to have to do that. Oh, yeah. Like, instead of just breaking up with her, he's like, I got to report you to the FBI. Totally. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I wonder if, like, as the CEO of Overstock.com, nobody wants you, and so she just actually bought everything that, like... You know, because that was that's what Overstock.com uh-huh. is. It's like all the <laughs> shit that nobody else wants to sell. Oh, I didn't know that. And so I guess oh, the CEO he's a part comes of it. with that. Yeah. Everything yeah. must go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. This makes it's it's so dumb though. She's like way too trusting of dudes. You know. Like, yeah, but she knows what she's doing. I think she I might have so. just been like, "It's all part of my plan." I don't know. Never reveal diabolical political upheaval on the first date. <laughs> Pro tip. Everyone yeah. knows. That. <laughs> uh, but oh, oh, you mean because she's telling like Erickson and telling. Yeah, he's telling or she's telling him all of these like, oh, I'm 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 planting me I'm planning meetings with the campaign. You know, people from all of these. You think she really uh, trusted him, or she just was like her way? I of, think so. Yeah. Well, 
Well, be, I mean, but she that's said how it, you recruit people, though. Yeah. Well, because what he started doing was, I, yeah, I mean, he's reporting these conversations to the FBI at a certain point. So she's telling him things that are alarming enough for someone to saying. unsolicitedly go to the FBI and be yeah. like, hey, there's this person maybe that's from Russia. and is Maybe this, she just wasn't very good at her spy job. Because, I mean, at some point you have to break it to the person if you want to recruit them. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm a spy. Come to the Russia side. But, you know, you get to it eventually after a bunch of blowjobs, yeah. I guess. But, yeah. He, yeah, maybe she was just telling too early, or yeah, she was reading the room wrong. Right? Yeah, that's what you're saying, Jordan. Like she, trusted yeah, him I think so, or getting too excited or something mm-hmm. about someone's trusting you. I don't know. No, you're right. But, I just assumed he was also evil, but it sounds like maybe he wasn't. Yeah, I don't evil. know. I don't yeah. know very much about him as an individual. Good point. Um, just a libertarian. That's all we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or one that attends libertarian conferences, <laughs> yeah. but doesn't like guns. I don't know. Interesting. I'm sure we have some libertarian listeners. You can correct me on that. I don't know yeah, what yeah. your jam is. Uh, but what's, he says that the FBI began directing how he should sort of interact with her while he was continuing to inform them of their interaction. So at a certain point, he's engaged in this like double, double life with her. That must have been, like you were saying, very confusing for his dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I love her, but why am I spying? Right, right. He's just a dick mole, dude. <laughs> dick mole. Um, get that checked out, bro. Dick mole, get that checked dick out. Mole. <laughs> uh, and he apparently, so this is all happening, which would make you think that He's purely skeptical of her and not 100% an ally. But now, once he found out that Bettina was sentenced, he apparently reached out to her lawyer after she was sentenced to express that he thinks that the the feds conducted the investigation unfairly. Oh, but and he he's was kind the of snitch. reflecting. Yeah, and now and now I think he's kind of reflecting back on how they were trying to maybe direct some of their conversations and mm. and interactions with one another. And I don't know if he's you feeling like yourself, guilty. You? Exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. feeling that dick mole guilt. <laughs> that's how investigations work bro yeah. yeah that's interesting you want to control the way the fbi does their investigation that like you're the informed like that it makes no sense like he's so i don't know it's a bit narcissistic <laughs> to think you can control that like once you give him the information it's a done deal you can't control he's well, just he's mad that she didn't legitimately want his dick that's probably all. yeah who knows well she apparently he still cares for her <sighs> and he but thinks he's... that she could have a success a uh, successful career in russian politics and he said he thinks she's a great person. After you gave her up to the FBI, not that she shouldn't have been, but like he confuses me more yeah. than she confuses me. Was he mad at all that she was also, you know, had the side piece over? I've yet to Erickson? hear any sort of TMZ reporting on mm. that yet. It's <laughs> all very juicy. Then noodling with Overstock CEO. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, he when the sentencing was happening, Paul Erickson and their relationship was very much known, and he still went to her attorney after the sentencing, and presumably after he was aware of Paul Erickson. So it seems like he just truly cares about her. That's mm. great. Yeah. But so why didn't he try to just talk her out of being evil instead of just like? I mean, I guess you, know, you got to report it. But th- but for him to be like mad about the way they did it, the FBI probably made him yeah. let her continue to be evil. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He kind of he did what like all of the people in the Trump campaign should have done is go to <laughs> yeah. the FBI when someone right. starts trying to tamper I with America's props shit. Where props are due. You're right. Right. Yeah. At least that's how it seems like it's being reported in what I've. This is reporting um, by the New York Times that mm-hmm. got the story. So yeah, that, the it, failing New York Times. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm. Uh, but I think now he's kind of turning, right? So there's probably going to be more stuff coming out from him that's actually more in line with the whole deep state conspiracy. Okay. Theory, so. What's his name again? Do you remember? Uh, yes, it is. 
James James Byrne? Sickburn. Not Igor. Burn. B Y R N E. Cool. Patrick Byrne. Burn. Pat, Pat Byrne. Can't Patrick, forget that Patrick name. Byrne. Pat Byrne. Yeah. So the lovers quarrel aside. Yeah. It sounds like he might. He might actually have feelings for her, and might be like you said, a guilty person. Maybe but she's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we thought she was a mermaid the whole time. She's a different mythic. Mermaids girl. are like witches. Yeah? I think she's just they lure they using... they use their siren song to lure men to their deaths. Wow. That's true. So it's a witch hunt, but she's the witch. <laughs> yeah. Mermaid hunt. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. She really does just lure people in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very high success rate. Yeah. yeah. She really That's wanted That's what to... redheads do, dude. She really <laughs> wanted to play Ariel in the live action version. Oh, damn. Is, I think yeah. she just got mad and so she turned on the whole thing yeah, and became sense. a Russian spy. I come yeah, here yeah. to make career in guns and <laughs> mermaid and movies. Mermaid movies. <laughs> That's why only the Trump <laughs> supporters were mad because they're black mermaid now. They're all <laughs> supporters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally I'm sorry, that was nationalist. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, <clears throat> all right, guys. Finally, uh, Time Magazine and Washington Post dropped a bananas story uh, about the timing surrounding Moscow Mitch lifting sanctions on the brand new aluminum plant being built by Brady Industries in Kentucky. Not lifting sanctions on them, but lifting sanctions on Deripaska, who's funding it. And all the reporting we've been doing on this story aimed toward one thing that we couldn't prove until now that we had all of our beans on, that Mitch McConnell sold out America to build an aluminum mill in his state of Kentucky that was funded by a sanctioned Russian oligarch. And not just any sanctioned Russian oligarch, but the one that Manafort owed money to and gave private campaign briefings and internal polling data to during the 2016 election. Uh, We heard the story. uh, We had heard the story about a couple of former McConnell staffers that lobbied Congress uh, and the Treasury to lift sanctions on Deripaska. And we heard that Brady Industries had hired a PR firm as if they knew they would need some help selling this idea to Kentuckians. <laughs> Maybe there's just not many Russian oligarchs in the industry. You know, no. small, evil world. Not yet. <laughs> They're about to corner the market, I think. Uh, what we're missing uh, was that di- what we were missing was that direct tie uh, between Turtle Dick Mitch. Um, but after this reporting from Time Magazine, it seems we have all the pieces to the puzzle. And once we put it all together, it spells beans. Totally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the CEO of Brady Industries is named Bouchard. And as it turns out, he traveled to Zurich for a meet and greet with Rusal executives this past January because he realized that Rusal, a company owned by Deripaska, might be the only way to get funding for this aluminum mill he wanted to build. And he desperately wants to create jobs in Kentucky because McConnell has an 18% approval rating there. Oh and he wants the Republican in the Senate. So he meets with Rusal in January and they say they're ready to sign. You just got to lift the sanctions, bro. Yeah, no shit. So Rusal had been hawking around vulnerable, greedy politicians like McConnell because they're vulnerable. I mean, why do you think the Russians gave Rubio, McConnell, and other couple other uh, Republicans over $7 million in the 2016 election through Len Blavatnik? Mm-hmm. This isn't just about election interference. This is about, and it's always been about, getting sanctions lifted so they can infiltrate our free market system and really have leverage over our economy, dangerous mm-hmm. leverage over our economy and our jobs. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're a Russian guy, you build a plant and you say, I'm going to pull all my funding, you're going to lose 20,000 jobs in Kentucky. You sure you want to not, you sure you want to oppose me on this sanctions bill yeah yeah uh, in co- in your american congress yep. so anyway russell has been planning this shit for a while they registered in fact we got this from scott stedman they registered a branch in delaware of russell in april of 2016 magically one month after tom barrack convinces trump to hire manafort and as we know manafort worked for free and sent emails to Konstantin kalimnik saying he'd be glad to sell us out to russia if it meant he'd be even with deripaska who oh was God. suing him because manafort stole like 19 million dollars from him oh. in a telecom deal gone bad and you don't want to owe Deripaska money or the <laughs> Kremlin just ask Litvinenko and the Skripals mm-hmm. so here's how it went Barrick gets Trump to hire Manafort Manafort tells Kalimnik to tell Deripaska he can get him influence 
in with this administration as payback for his debt to make whole was mm-hmm. what the email said. Deripaska opens a Rusal branch in Delaware the next month. And then there's a ton of meetings between Russia and the Trump campaign to drop sanctions. Manafort gives Deripaska internal polling data from three key states. Trump won by a mere combined 70,000 votes to win the presidency. Bouchard in Kentucky tries to get funding for his aluminum mill, but realizes Deripaska is the only way. Deripaska and the Americans set up lobbying teams that include McConnell's ex-staffers to pressure Steve at the Treasury Department to drop sanctions. Steve decides they can drop the sanctions if Deripaska sells some of his shares, so he's not the controlling interest. So he sells shares, but he, sh- he sells shares in the Seychelles, no, <laughs> uh, to his family in the Kremlin. Uh, and that's good enough for Steve and Turtle Dick Mitch. So <laughs> Bouchard travels to, Zur- uh, travels, uh, to Zurich because, uh, and the day after Bouchard gets back from the Zurich meeting with Roussal, where they say they're ready to sign as soon as sanctions are lifted, Mitch gives a speech on the Senate floor asking them to vote to lift sanctions on a guy who interfered in our 2016 election and secured Mitch as a puppet when he gave him him and his friends $7 million via Blavatnik in 2016. Has to do what he says. Compromise. That's the definition. And a week later, 11, 11 Republicans vote with Democrats to keep the sanctions, but it's not veto-proof. So the sanctions are lifted. Bouchard hires a PR firm to make the Russian plant in Kentucky sound nice to Kentuckians because the governor never told Kentucky legislators that the deal was going to be funded by a sanctioned Russian oligarch <laughs> when he voted when they voted on it. Yeah, minor detail. You know. He brought it up after they voted yes on it. Um, it, when when he put it, put it in front of them five minutes before their summer session, he said, "I can't tell you what it is, but it's good." <laughs> oh, a surprise! And they voted yes. Yeah, yeah, like a crackerjack box. You know? And just last week, the Pentagon issued a report about Russia infiltrating our economy, making us weak and beholden to Russia. And this is part of it. It's uh, it, it puts our national security at risk, and that's exactly how the Russians wanted it. Uh, they played Mitch from the beginning. And now the guy who helped Trump steal the election is funding a project that will employ thousands of Americans and they'll have that leverage over America. Mm -hmm. And now, as if that weren't enough, there's a proposal to build an aluminum smelting plant in Arizona that could bring pollution, traffic, and it doesn't help that it's owned by Russians. Damn, like gold member, a smelting accident. (coughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love gold. I think he was a key. You could redo that whole movie with, I love aluminum. Oh, yeah. I get Beyonce in it, though. She's got to be on board for the remake. Aluminum member, tin member. Solid aluminum. (laughs) Smoking a pancake. There's so many great quotes. So gold member and mean girls are our favorite quotes. I'm guessing that's, yeah. So a farmer there uh, last year or something was offered $1.5 million by a Florida business that he'd never heard of, and they didn't tell him why they wanted it. But he sold $1.5 million of, of cotton gin land that he's been on, his family li- has lived on forever in this remote part of Arizona. That's a lot of money. So the area uh, is, the people in the area are now concerned about the threat to public safety and their water supply because the facility will store 30 gallons of liquid chlorine on site, and any accident that could release that chlorine into the plume would be catastrophic. Gross. And then there's the problem of ownership. The Florida-based company building the plant is called Technocon, and it's owned by Jacob Gitman, whose real name is Yakov Gitman. Oh. Or Gitman. He's born in the Soviet Union, emigrated in 1990, changed his name to Jake. Uh, and Gitman and his companies have faced multiple lawsuits uh, of fraud and money laundering, and several of his business associates have been convicted of fraud and money laundering. Gitman himself has been convicted of fraud for misleading an energy firm, saying they can convert tires into fuel by burning them which failed you can't do that Uh, but they soaked this company for a bunch of money who wanted to invest in this tire burning enterprise which was really great for the environment (laughs) they didn't do their research bad investment bro (laughs) 
So in 2010, a team of U.S. Marshals raided Gitman for an insurance fraud case. In 2013, Gitman was on trial for funneling money and drugs into the U.S. illegally. And in 2014, a business Gitman managed had partners convicted of laundering $100 million as part of a Russian-American organized crime ring and racketeering conspiracies involving Russians and Ukrainians. In 2018, a company Gitman was invested in was banned permanently from debt collecting when the FTC found they operated an abusive debt collection scheme by marketing fraudulent loans and then harassing customers to pay fake debts. And currently, Gitman and Associates are in a legal battle involving ER Troika and a Kazakh airline that claims Gitman siphoned millions of dollars for personal use through air transport contracts. And of course, Gitman's wife is a real estate agent that sells condos and multiple Trump properties in Florida. Nothing to see here. Gitman's like, all these allegations are just outrageous. (laughs) Malarkey. So most residents oppose this plant and they're fighting it. Quote, very few things have brought as many people together who disagree on so much as this smelter. Uh, and we'll keep you posted on the stories as they develop. Oh my goodness. I wanted to go back to Mitch for a minute because I had this stuck in my head. My favorite nickname for him used to be Kentucky Fried Chicken Shit. But now I'm thinking uh, Mitch Bacano, like Bacaw, because he's a chicken. Oh, he oh. is a chicken. Back to the chicken hawk. Yeah. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> That was good. Oh, thank you. I wanted to squeeze it in earlier, but, you know, I lost it. I was talking fast. That's okay. Good information. Lots of uh, corruption there. Squeezed in. (laughs) Just a short amount of time. Just a little bit. Yeah. Are you guys ready for sabotage? Oh, yes. All right, so the New York Times did a piece on Broidy this week about how the Department of Justice is investigating whether he violated the law by failing to register as a foreign lobbyist when he was peddling access to Trump uh, while trying to persuade Trump to take an anti-cutter stance on behalf of Saudi Arabia and the UAE. Feds are also investigating whether he was paid with laundered money to do that lobbying. Uh, The answer is probably yes. Uh, Beans on that. They're also homing in on whether Broidy's involvement with the UAE and the Malaysian financier who's not named in this article, but we know to be Jolo, uh, ran afoul of Farah. And they're also looking into his financial ties to Saudi Arabia and George Nader. According to previously unreported banking records, Nader was paid millions by UAE when he was working with Broidy to win security and intelligence contracts from the UAE and Saudi governments and to direct and fund the campaign against Qatar in D.C. So they were getting million-dollar contracts for security and stuff in exchange for lobbying against Qatar in the Trump administration. And he could also have been involved in lobbying for Angola without registering. So there's your sabotage for for today. That's nice. Pretty back in it. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty back in it. And with that, we'll uh, we'll go on to the Fantasy Indictment League. I'm going to be indicted! No, wait. It's going to be a... Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! I'm going to be indicted! Oh, they can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted! Today, I thought I got to go first, but Jordan goes first oh. today. Is that right? Let me uh, check. Check in, check in, check in. Check in my notes. Nope, you went first last time. It's my turn. Ah, ah. so close. <laughs> All right, so my first pick then is going to be... Brody. I'm going to go with Brody. No nice. call. Yes. Jaleesa. Oh, um, I'll do Jolo from the block. Yeah. <laughs> More uh, superseding indictments for Absolutely, Jolo? Absolutely. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Gotcha. I'm doing Jizzlane. Max Jizzlane. Spotted on Jizzlane. <laughs> Sorry. Taking a stroll Deep down Jizzlane. <laughs> there should be a petition. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Trump's wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> Jizzlane. <laughs> Mushroom place. Um, I'm going to go with Nader. 
Nice. I think he's going to have a Gross. superseding indictment on uh, child sex trafficking. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Um, I'll go with a random Igor. <laughs> yeah. Russian rando. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom Barrick. Barrick. I'm going to select Pecker. Nice. <laughs> I'll do Trump victory. I hate that phrase, but, you know. Uh, AMI. Good one. Good one. Uh, I'll go with the Trump inaugural. Um... Tom Barrick. I got Tom Barrick. Oh, damn it. Um, let's see. I will take a rando, just a rando. A regular rando. Yeah, no no Igor relation. <laughs> no Igor tag. All right, Jordan? Um, I'm going to do Dershowitz. Um, <laughs> Dersh. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with uh, Wolkoff. Mm. That's the inaugural lady. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you took the Trump inaugural itself, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will take Trump org. All right, and one more for Jordan. I will do Soriano. Good one. All right, guys, that's how we play the Fantasy Indictment League. Remember, we are now going to post the Fantasy Indictment League on Patreon, uh, not just the closed Facebook group. So if you want to play, just become a patron at any level by heading to patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote. Mm-hmm. I know we had a bunch of folks who didn't join because they didn't want to have to use Facebook, so now you can play it right on the Patreon board. Yeah, <laughs> Patreon. It's less sketchy than Facebook. Oh, that's good. You can have that for free, guys. Take that. All right, guys, we'll be right back with the interview after this quick message. Hey, this is AG, and this episode is brought to you by Crest and the new 3D Crest Whitening Strip Kit. As you know, all of the food we eat and all of the drinks we drink over the years takes a toll on how our teeth look. Then by proxy, it takes a toll on how we look and how we feel, and that can affect our confidence. But Crest White Strips are the most effective way to whiten your smile, and they remove up to 10 years or over 10 years of tough set-in stains from coffee, wine, and smoking, and it's the number one dentist-recommended whitening system. Plus, it costs hundreds less than comparable teeth whitening programs that you can get at your dentist's office. Uh, It's extremely convenient, which you know is important to me because I'm an efficiency enthusiast. Some might say lazy, but I say efficiency enthusiast. And there's no messy gels. There's no trays. Um, You can apply these strips in the comfort of your own home. No slip grip for white strips allow you to talk or drink uh, water while you're, you know, during the treatment. Uh, And I I don't have time to take multiple trips to the dentist's office, so I can do it at home when I'm writing copy or, you know, when I'm watching the news. So this kit also includes an LED blue light to help really target the stains. So the ingredients work faster and better than just the white strips alone. So this is the same LED technology used by dentists, and it's guaranteed to deliver 100% noticeably whiter teeth. Mine, like, up two shades. So if you're not satisfied, you can get your money back. And you know, you guys know I make a lot of public appearances, and my my smile is super important to me, and and I've spent my life drinking coffee. I still do. And I do enjoy some red wine, so I end up with stains on my teeth. But this new system with the LED light targeted um, technology, it really, you know, took those stains out. And my teeth are at least two shades whiter. I absolutely love it. So you can order your first Crest 3D whitening strip kit with patented blue LED light online today. Receive a special offer of $20 off. So go to CrestWhiteSmile.com and enter promo code AG. Free shipping is included. That's $20 off your first Crest 3D whitening strip kit when you go to CrestWhiteSmile.com and use promo code AG at checkout. You'll be glad you did. And joining us for the interview today is the artist behind the graphic novel of the Mueller Report. She's written and drawn for both DC and Marvel, as well as Archie. Please welcome Barbara Slate. Barbara, welcome to Mueller, she wrote. So good to be here. We are really excited to have you here, too. I think we're kindred spirits um, because uh, it just seems like we have so much in common because you've called your project 
activism. So I was I was hoping how you could this is your activism and I was hoping if you could describe how it all started. <sighs> well, it was either that or going back into therapy. <laughs> and I had had enough therapy. <laughs> so it started where I was on a Twitter feed with uh, Jen Taub, who is a lawyer and every day talks about Mueller. And I saw, I, I, it was, the, the, the feed was about um, how difficult the Mueller report was to read. And I just read it and I thought, oh, and I, for some reason I just wrote, I th I'm thinking of doing a graphic novel about it. And Jen wrote back immediately and said, oh, I can't wait to see this. But, you know, thinking about it does not mean doing it. And it was so, I downloaded it and it was so daunting. I mean, it's it, it's not at all what I do. You know, I write Archie and Betty and, Ver I write Betty and Veronica and Barbie. And so it was, it was totally daunting and I was, no way I was going to do it, but I was wondering which one of my graphic novel friends were going to do it because it was it, it, everybody was thinking about doing. It. I mean, it's it's such a natural because doing graphic novels, you take really complicated uh, issues and books, and you and you make it into something simple. That's what comic books and graphic novels are about: is to make it easy for everyone. So. What happened is I went out to lunch with a friend of mine, and I tried it out again. I said, I'm thinking of doing a graphic novel. And she put down her coffee and leaned over and said, you have to do this. And so I downloaded it, and I just started reading it and reading it again and reading it again. And then it started to penetrate, and I started realizing that I could actually do this. But it was, it was an, a labor of intense love. <laughs> Yeah, I totally understand. And Jen, Jen Taub, awesome uh, uh, woman. She's been on our podcast before. We met her in Brooklyn. She was at our Brooklyn show. And oh, yeah. I just remember her from... I remember her from that whole Jacob Wool thing when he tried to get her to say that Mueller had sexually harassed her or something to that effect. It, it, it gets crazier every day, doesn't it? There is no end to the insanity, I think. But... Um, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, just when you think you've reached the craziest, you wake up and the next day something else happens. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're 100% with you because we, you know, that's our that was our whole mission too is that this is going to be very complicated this investigation, it's very consequential, it's going to be historical, but I I think it's going to be lost on a lot of people just because of the legalese of it and the complexity of it. There's so many characters. I mean, we have Ice Cube and Jolo and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio shows up. It's, it's just absolutely insane. So I'm, I feel you on that. And we find ourselves, we find that our obsessive work on the Mueller investigation is, is therapeutic. And you just said it's either this or therapy. So it seems like you found... <laughs> It seems like you found the same to be true for your work. Our our fans are always telling us at our shows, like, uh, you keep us sane, you keep us safe, you keep us laughing. But they do the same for us. This work does the same for us. Are you finding that to be true? Yeah, I, uh, you know, you either can do something or just sit there and, you know, and be paralyzed. And uh, the process is very, uh, I, once I got my process about doing it, I would read and then reread and reread, sometimes six, seven, eight times. And then I would get that um, 
aha moment and I could start seeing panels and then I could break it down and do the beginning, middle, end and twist. And then I'd start with my double page spreads and move panels around. So yeah, the process is intriguing. I mean, I, I can't wait to get up in the morning and do it. I'm totally obsessed. I'm up at three on my, and I start, and by, I guess about two or three in the afternoon, I, I've had it. That's when I have my glass of wine. But this is, it, this is something that I am so passionate about. I, I really do want people to read this, and I want them to understand really what went on. And I think that this is a, easy way for people to read it and then maybe they'll read the whole report so that's what I'm hoping for yeah that's kind of our goal too so I totally understand and and so volume one is out and you're working on volume two and I wanted to I was just curious which one has been more challenging and and why well, volume two is so juicy. It has so much dialogue, which makes it so much easier for me. So, you know, volume one was difficult mostly because it was, I, I had to get into the rhythm of his writing. You know, uh, uh, Muller is my partner in this. <laughs> he doesn't know it, but he's my writer and I'm the artist. So I really want to be true to his words. So I do take his words very seriously, but I have to edit it a lot too. So there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue in volume one. Volume two, oh, it's it's like a spy novel. And I would recommend it for any, I mean, it, it is difficult reading, but once you get into his rhythm, it really is a, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing story. So I think anyone who really wants to read it should read it. Oh, and there's one benefit for this. The Mueller Report diet. If you are an extra 10 pounds, I've been an extra seven, eight pounds all my life. My weight has gone off completely. So it's an added benefit. If you want to lose weight, read this Mueller report. You will be so intrigued. You won't stop. And it will make your, it will make you not want to eat. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, <laughs> We do a, a like a. Did you, did you find that to be true too? Well, we have a separate episode that we put out every Thursday where we do we we pretty much read the report or at least go over the the words and and uh, uh-huh. oh, and, okay. and we tell everyone we tell our listeners this uh, this episode is forty eight minutes long. That's six hundred and ten calories on the treadmill. That's four glasses <laughs> of wine. Right, right. I dro- I dropped ten pounds. It was amazing. You know, I've been trying for. 40 years and boom you should see me I'm fabulous now (laughs) (laughs) and it's really it's 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 something that you brought up which is uh he's you know Muller is your writer he's your partner in this and and it's got to be tricky because he does use words very deliberately like for example he'll say he'll say uh we this office did not find sufficient evidence or he might say uh, there was no evidence, or it was inconclusive. Like every single word he uses is so has so much weight to it, and there's 448 pages of his words, so it's got to be it's like a never-ending rabbit hole. But I, I think it's interesting too on on Trumpcast, which is another great um, a podcast about the Trump administration. Uh, they were talking about how you know how in Harry Potter they have the Sorting Hat, and it tells you what house you're in, whether you're in Ravenclaw or Gryffindor or Slytherin, and <laughs> and so they said you're either a, a Volume One person or a Volume Two person, 
Uh, I'm a volume uh-huh. two person, and I was wondering what you are. I am a volume. Hmm. Let me think about that. I think Mueller's a volume one person based on his testimony because he had a lot to say about volume one, but didn't want to get into the politics of volume two. But I like volume two myself personally. Uh, well, it's 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 because of all the dialogue, it's easier to follow. But they, you know. It, it, volume two got a lot of press, and I and I had been working on volume one, and I thought, gee, this vo- this volume has so so much meat in it. There's so so much corruption in this volume, and now the media is starting to get more into volume one again. But I I I was shocked at all the goings on, and I, I, it, it was like a bunch of little boys playing. At some kind of a game, I, I just couldn't believe the insanity of the whole thing. So, I don't think you need to use simile there. I think it is a bunch of little boys playing a game. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I think we can go metaphor on it. Yeah, okay, I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, And so finally, you were talking about your process with Forbes magazine. You said the work got gradually easier. You print out several pages. You were talking about your process, highlighting the things that you found important, interesting, funny or ludicrous. And I was wondering, in your opinion, so far from what you've run across, can you tell us what you think the most the craziest story from the Mull Report is? What's the craziest part or the funnest to draw? Oh, there's so many of them. <laughs> How do I choose? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I love the dinner for two. You know, I changed the titles. So when Trump invites Comey for dinner and all his guys say Bannon and Priebus and McGain say, no, you can't do that. You you know, you need somebody there. You can't you can't talk to the justice. All that all of them were trying to convince him. And he's like, nope. I want to be alone. And so I love that he, that Comey comes in and I just have, it's Lordy, just the two of us, you know, so it's that dinner for just the two. And it's so, you know, I, I, I went really a little nuts with that. I, I had a little candle and, <laughs> and, and they're so opposite, you know, Trump is this big bolst, you know, he's this boisterous guy and Comey's so tall and straight and square, you know, <laughs> I think that Comey has never met anybody like Trump. Maybe, maybe some, maybe some gangsters or stuff, but he, he probably saw something like he's never seen before. So I love the two of them together. And of course, Papalopoulos was this nobody who just kept emailing for a job. And finally, Trump needed a foreign policy. And they just pulled him out of the, they just kind of pulled him out of thin air. And so he was the, you know, he was the guy who Trump named as his foreign policy agent. And the thing with Papalopoulos is so crazy now. You know, he's in Hollywood with his blonde wife, and they're making, you know, they're in the cover of magazines. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he's done very well for this, you know? Well, I think I think Papadopoulos is the one who had ties to Israel. Uh, I think, And I think there was a quick mention in the Mueller report of that, but it never really went anywhere. I'm interested to see if the counterintelligence investigation has any more information on that. But one thing I would highly recommend you check out if you have not is Comey's version of Dinner for Two in his book, A Higher Loyalty. <gasps> it's... Oh, oh, 
oh, oh, oh, oh, okay. I can't wait. Yes. Okay. I will. He describes the whole scene and it's just <gasps> oh. fascinating to hear to hear oh. Mueller's point of view, straight oh. facts, and to hear Comey's point of view because Comey's writing is very... He's got a whimsical side to him in his writing. It's kind of cute. So you should definitely check that out if you get a chance. I, I, I definitely will. And, and I just have to say the most shocking thing, because the, is Manafort just handing over the Russians all this, all this material about what states to target, you know, Michigan, Pennsylvania. That to me was like, oh, no, he couldn't have done that. But he did. That was was shocking but a lot of things were shocking but I would say that was the most yeah and I think I think my favorite was uh, when Trump found out about uh, the investigation when uh, Mueller was appointed and he said oh my god that's the end of my presidency I'm fucked and he sat behind the resolute desk that that I bet would be fun to draw yes but don't we wish he were right? He well, he is. It's just probably going to take a little longer than we would have liked. I think that's my own opinion, though. Oh, okay. Th- then I won't go back to therapy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just li- all you need to do is listen to Mueller. She wrote and uh, read your graphic novel on the Mueller report. All right, Barbara. Can you tell us before we let you go? Can you tell us where we can find your work? Sure. It's at uh, MullerReportGraphicNovel.com. And and it's actually in bookstores and on Amazon. It's it's pretty much everywhere. No excuses. Everybody has to read it. <laughs> All right. Well, Barbara, we're so happy that you're doing this and making the Mueller report more accessible to a larger audience. Uh, everyone, artist, writer, speaker, activist, and creator of the Mueller report graphic novel, Barbara Slate. Barbara, thanks for being on Mueller. She wrote. Oh, this was so much fun. Thank you. All right, guys. That's our show for this week, uh, Sunday, August eighteenth, twenty nineteen. In the year of our Lord, <laughs> Anno Domini. Uh, anyway, uh, any final thoughts, guys? Um, I should have prepared something because it's always <laughs> happened. <laughs> but I'll just say um, I love you guys, and I'm excited to see everyone on the tour. The rest of the tour is going to be dope. I think it's getting doper all the time. Each show is better than the last, so I'm really looking forward to it. It yeah. should be a lot of fun. San yeah. Francisco is going to be so much fun. Our we get to take a tour awesome. of Ad- we get to take a tour of Adam Savage's shop. It's yeah. going to be so amazing. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll we'll post those little vignettes on Insta. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Yeah, Jordan, any final thoughts for you? No, I'm also excited. <laughs> all right. it just seems like we're all excited all yeah. around here. So, guys, head to Patreon.com uh, slash Muller she wrote. <laughs> Sign up for the Fantasy Indictment League. We'd love to see you play. Uh, it's really fun. You just pick the five people that you think are most likely to be indicted that week, and you get points. And we'll put all the rules on there. No gambling. This is not gambling. <laughs> there, I said it. Uh, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller she wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. Hi, I'm Harry Littman, host of Talking Feds, a roundtable that brings together prominent figures from government law and journalism for a dynamic discussion of the most important topics of the day. 
Each Monday, I'm joined by a slate of Fed's favorites and new voices to break down the headlines and give the insider's view of what's going on in Washington and beyond. Plus, sidebars explaining important legal concepts read by your favorite celebrities. Find Talking Feds wherever you get your podcasts. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.